Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. Welcome to another Blast Shield. Under pressure this week, we are, Katie. We are. We are. If you can hear a, a little noise, that's our daughter. We're recording this on Saturday daytime, so the whole Friday night after kids go to bed with a bottle of wine has definitely gone out the window now. As I say this, Katie, Eliza's standing on you and trying to climb you. Yes. I mean, this is life. So this is life, yeah. We're really getting a, a good snapshot of where we stand. <laughs> The kids are both unwell. Um, I think they both got colds. So if you can hear some heavy breathing at some point during also the show. Also not me. It's not Katie. There's no random pervert masturbating. I guess in this instance it would be me, wouldn't it, if that was happening. So I'm not I'm not masturbating. That, that heavy breathing is just the Darth Vader-like breathing of our daughter. Yeah, Darth Vader. Who, who's that? Who cares about that? So, yes, you'll probably hear my daughter... Making lots of noise in the background, making my life a nightmare during the editing process. <laughs> or just making your life a nightmare in general. Well, she does that. She's beautiful, though. I'll give her some credit. So we're not going to waste time today. We're on a, um, a very tight schedule, so it's going to be a shorter Blast Shield than normal. This is our seventh episode. Can I you can't believe it. Our seventh wow. show. We're here to discuss the sixth episode of Lower Decks this week, which mm. is exciting. I've seen it twice. You've just watched it, actually, for the first yeah, time. Yeah, just. Yeah. I don't get the spoilers like you do. No. Yeah, you're not on the Twitter. It's only me. It's only me. I'm not going to do any of our normal general rambling. Although Harrison did have his first day back in school yeah, this week. So we had about did. six or seven hours of relative silence in the house for the first time in like six months. It was like we'd gone deaf. Yeah. Eliza is such a quiet kid. Who knew? Mm. Who knew? Mm. And we're going out for our first meal tonight in forever. Yeah. Christmas gift from last year. Last Christmas, my parents got us a meal at a nice Italian restaurant. Yeah. Three courses, wine. wine. Is it a bottle of wine, is it? Mm. Oh, wow. I think. Okay, I'll definitely have to edit this podcast before we go out then rather than I come back. Although that might be fun. That could be fun. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, kids are taking care of for it. So it's our first night alone going out for... It would be only be a few hours, but it'd be nice. I don't own any clothes anymore that are for going out, though. So you can have to see me either wear a Star Trek or a wrestling t-shirt. It's Okay. You have more dresses than you need, so I expect you to look Well, you fantastic. can borrow one if you want. True. You know, you need, you need any going out clothes. Yeah. I'm your girl. You are, you are. I really, <laughs> I think everything everything might be a bit too leggy, though, for me. It's possible. The, the, the lack of actual general exercise. Or busty. Yeah, or busty, yeah. So I'm going to have <laughs> so I'm gonna a busty short dress, so yeah. I'm going to have an empty bust on it, hmm. and then a short dress that reveals my legs that haven't been exercised since COVID-19 Coochie-coo. kicked in. I will be every person's dream come true walking down those streets particularly mine oh you're a little sweetie you never talk like this to me when there's no mic here this <laughs> is so when you eventually like kill me you'll be have proof that you were a loving yeah this is evidence yeah this is yeah this is to get you off to 
get you off. Sociopath, I think all these things. <laughs> so yeah, we're talking Lower Decks. It was episode six called Terminal Provocations. I wasn't sure what to expect going into this episode, actually, but I really enjoyed it, particularly on the second view. And I think the first view, and I was a bit distracted and stuff and just woken up, bad night's sleep. So I missed some stuff. Whereas on second view, when I watched it with you, I just thought it was a brilliant episode. And what was your initial thoughts on it? I really liked it because you, you had said to me, hadn't you, that like last week's episode was just top notch and I was laughing the whole way through. It was so clever. And I was like, how are they going to top this? But actually you were like, oh, I'm not so sure. But I really enjoyed it. Even the first watch, I really enjoyed yeah, this one. Yeah, it's definitely like it is up there with last week now. Actually, yeah. I wasn't too sure. In a different time. way. Uh, we'll go through the show, I guess, by like we did last week with A plot, B plot, C plot. Uh, the A and C plot kind of all came together at the end. But let's start off with the Rutherford and Tandy storyline because it's what everyone is talking about online. This was my favorite plot of this episode. The introduction of Badgie. It was. Hysterical. So for anyone who hasn't seen the episode yet or needs a reminder, Tendi is worried that they're going to have to do like a spacewalk or something with the ship, this old Starfleet ship that's from the an- uh, the animated series, by the way, that ship. Oh, is it? Design, yeah. So another nod to the animated series, the NCC 502. Can't remember what name they gave it on the show. But she's worried they may have to do like a walk in their spacesuits out there. Rutherford tells her it's fine because she hadn't finished it basically at the academy. She, she got given a grade for it even though she hadn't done it. Very untendy. It is, yeah, it is. That obviously shows how scared she was at the idea of it. But it basically comes down to Rutherford decides to show her his holodeck program he's been working on for these kind of situations. And I don't think he really explains that he hasn't quite completed it yet. And then he takes her to holodeck, introduces her to this... Well, he loads up Badgie, which is basically just a Starfleet emblem with arms and legs and floats in the air. Yeah, it's supposed to be like that paperclip, isn't it, on Microsoft that pops up and it's like, Hi, can I help you with something? Can I teach you something? Did that paperclip ever tell you anything worthwhile? No, I never gave it the opportunity to be fair. I was like, bye. It, it failed to impress me very early on. Did it have a name? Was oh, it, it like probably, Pippi or something? It Is that probably why did, didn't badgy? it? I don't know. I don't know. Did it have a name? I don't know. Let us know if Wanker. you know. Wanker. <laughs> wanker clip oh that sounds painful oh it does <laughs> a wank clip i bet that's a thing yeah yeah <laughs> you are grimacing in a way i've never seen yeah right yeah. now <laughs> i think that's probably if like you know if the rings are left on and stuff like that oh, imagine just God. like a that'll be a wank clip every time i make these comments now i'm reminded that my father has told me he listens to every episode know, right? of the show i see that's why you behave a bit more hello to kieran by the way who wanted a shout out on this show because he can't really figure out how to do reviews. He couldn't screenshot them or anything, but he has listened to every episode. So I promised him a shout out on this show. So there you are. You got tied into the, the wank clip chat. Bet that's Thanks, what you Dad. wanted when you wanted a shout out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Rutherford loads it up and it turns out these programs like a spacewalk thing as well. So then they're, they're EV suits, I guess they call them. Now there's a little moment in this actually where they come together when she turns on her, the magnetizing part of her boots and she gets pulled under him. And her feet are on his and they're stuck together for a minute. It reminds me of Lois and Superman in the Superman movie. And also reminded me of, you wouldn't know this yet, but in Voyager, Belana and Tom Paris end up stuck out in their spacesuits. I'm reasonably sure that's where there's like a coming together with them. I swear they were holding on to each other in a very similar fashion. Not like feet on feet, I don't think. But that's what it made me think of anyway, even if it wasn't an homage to that. In this next part of the episode, if you do hear some random chewing... In the background, it's because our daughter's now, a very sick daughter is now sat on Katie with some crisps, which she normally just eats quietly. That's her Darth Vader breathing. Normally just eats quietly, but now she's 
Now she's making the most like noisiest crunching. What's going on on the outside of the ship with the, which we'll get onto in a bit, uh, with these, um, I guess, like, what do you call them? Sa- not salvagers, but pirates. Yeah, uh, marauders. Not marauders. Marauders. I guess they kind of are. I can't really think. They attack the ship and it causes a problem on the holodeck. And then it ends up with Badgie, who just before this had basically been beaten by Rutherford to try and get it to work properly. It got stuck whilst... Bloody buffering. Yeah, buffering speeds. <laughs> and it turns out Badgie did not forget this because once there's a holodeck issue... The safety protocols go off. And you asked me during this, you said, can yeah. they get hurt on the holodeck? And I was like, they can if safety protocols have gone down, which always happens on the holodeck. They really should do something to change that. Many a Star Trek episode has come from safety protocols not working. Smart. On the holodeck. This is a long standing tradition to get a holodeck episode where that happens. So Badgie basically becomes, I guess, a serial killer is how it happens. It's a nutcase. He's a proper nutter. Has some of the best lines of dialogue. Do you remember any? Because you were laughing. Yes. Um, so he's ch- just to clarify, he's now chasing them down. So they're spending the whole time running away because the program won't end. It won't let them out. Rutherford's changing like, the setting. He changes it to Bajor at one point. And then he cracks so he can stop Badgie by... Because Badgie's affected by the program, so he makes it really cold. Uh, but yeah, any lines that you remember? He says, I'm going to slit your green friend's throat and bathe in her blood. <laughs> <laughs> And then he says, I'm going to rip out your heart and roast it on a fire. Oh my goodness. And the first one was the best one. What was the first one? Oh, I can't remember the first one, but he is sick in the head. Even like Klingons <laughs> don't talk like that about, <laughs> about yeah, people that I feel like they've got killing. some kind of honour to them. Like Badgie clearly just has no qualms about ripping people's skulls. Badgie had no honour. No. I didn't realise until the second viewing how graphic... His violence was. When they go to Bajor, when he appears, he rips the head off a Bajoran. And then he knocks another one down and goes about tearing its arm off. He didn't even need to. He got the person down. Yeah, I know. But he still just ripped the hand off. And he's smiling the whole time. He's loving life. It's like a horror movie or something, you know? We thought that bit in the episode where she stabs him with the... Bat- oh, Batleth was graphic, yeah. Accident. People were complaining about that. Bet they loved this. Oh, yeah, they must have really loved this. <laughs> Ed's getting torn off. Like I said, when Rutherford realises that Badgie, for some reason, is affected by the elements in the holodeck, he makes it super cold. I can't remember where he says to take him to, but it's, mm. like, it's like the Antarctic, basically, isn't it? Badgie gets affected, and then that's when Rutherford decides to fight back. Rutherford gets the shit kicking to him. Yeah. He gets stabbed with ice. He's bleeding. He's got blood down his face. He looks brilliant with it. It's a good look for him, actually. He's pretty badass. Mm. When fi- you think about what a good fighter he actually is, we find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, I know. Badgie must be well-trained. You'd probably say Badgie was winning at one point, but he was giving the trash talk, like you've mentioned. But unfortunately, the cold elements get to him just as he's probably about to deliver the fatal blow. And we'd heard just before this, I think, that Rutherford admitted that he did treat Badgie poorly. And that he just did it because he wanted to impress Tendi because he said she's cute. You hear that? He said, yeah. you see how cute she is. And so I think we're definitely now heading towards Rutherford and Tendi as a, as a couple. Whether they ever do it, I'm not sure. Didn't I predict before they'd be a couple for one episode and then realise they'd prefer being yeah. friends? I still think that. Because that's like animated TV thing to do. So I think that'll happen. But if Badgie's calling him dad or father, <laughs> uh, Rutherford's called him son whilst they're still beating the hell out of each other. And then Badgie starts to turn to ice and he starts to freeze. And then he can't go in with a killing blow on Rutherford. So Rutherford gets the upper hand. And even at the same time as he's asking his father to hold him and stuff, he's still saying, like, I'm going to kill you. And I say diplomatic. 
Diplomatic in, immunity. In diplomatic immunity, just as he's about to die. And then in one of the most graphic moments of the episode, <laughs> Rutherford took his, took his son around the head whilst holding him in his arms and proceeded to twist on his head and snap his neck. Where his neck would have been. Be. So we're left with... A twisted patch. A, a twisted... Frozen. Bad frozen. Uh, and Rutherford crying out that he's just had to kill his son. Yeah, I looked at you in that bit. <laughs> Your mouth was hanging open for a good 10 seconds in shock. It was really shock. messed up. It was really messed up. But in a way that I just found hysterical. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just funny. It's so life. funny. It was so graphic. And even after when you see Badgie, like, they don't have him just go back to his normal shape. He's still twisted from where yeah. like Rutherford <laughs> just, just snapped his neck. What do you think of that whole, that whole storyline with those two? It was honestly my favourite thing about the episode. I was waiting for the scenes where that was going to come back because yeah. Badgie was just a character that I, I want to see Badgie again. When Badgie first appeared, when I first saw him, I honestly was like, oh no. You know? I know. Yeah, I honestly was, was so worried. And I was like, oh, this is going to be the one where things feel a bit silly. But actually it worked perfectly. And it got funnier and funnier. And when I watched it that second time, I could actually pay attention to it properly. The best lines in the episode, most of them come from Badgie. I think Badgie will be seen again. Because mm. they would have liked doing him. For the show, the producers and the writers and that, and the artists. And I have a feeling that when they see the reaction, they haven't made all of season two yet. I wouldn't be surprised if they thought, let's put him in more. Like a lot of things on animated shows like this, Badgie is it's like a merchandise goldmine. Oh, yeah. You can make little figures, you can make pencil toppers, you could have paper clips. I would be ironic if they put oh, Badgie yeah. onto a paper clip. T-shirts with Badgie. You could dress up as him for Comic-Con. You know those limited edition t-shirts that they were talking about? There's a different one each week for 10 weeks. Oh, no. Remember I talking about that? And there's like, I sent you a picture of the one of Mariner. Oh, yeah, yeah. Doing the, yeah. Uh, the Vulcan yeah. uh, salute one. I think the one this week is the holodeck background with Badgie on it. No way. Design. Yeah, I think I saw it. So, so yeah, I think there's, there's a gold mine. Badgie is iconic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet when he auditioned, they were like, that's our man. That's our guy. Well, I heard he auditioned <laughs> for the role... Of Rutherford, what, but didn't voice? get it. Seriously? No, no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, Badgie himself. Oh, it was a joke that really fell flat. <laughs> You're so gullible with some stuff because you just assume I know everything. I know, so. I do. I mean, I don't know any of it, any of it. So I'm like, oh, really? That's cool. <laughs> Make me laugh. That was that storyline. We'll go into the C plot because it's impacted a bit by the A plot, I guess. But the C plot was very brief but quite memorable. I thought. We join the episode whilst the Cerritos is almost in a little bit of a face-off with the salvagers or marauders, whatever you want to call them. And they need this Starfleet ship back, but the marauders refusing because they're saying it's theirs, even though it's 100 years old. It's just space junk, so Starfleet has no claim on it. Freeman does not want to give in to them, believes it's theirs. Shax, hilarious in this. We, we find out in this episode Shax is very trigger-happy and desperate to... He's like, um, what's his name? You know, um... The guy on Enterprise who wants to blow everything up. Oh, Reed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is a more comical version of what yeah. Reed was like at the start, yeah. How could you not remember Reed's name? I, I, just, I just went completely blank. My I mean, I'm God. trying to balance my door on yeah. me. She's farting on my leg right now. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. It's all going on. Yeah, there's a lot happening in this room right now <laughs> as we're doing this show. It all heads to eventually the Marauders start to attack them quite creatively, actually, with the tractor beam where they're just... Mm. They're, because they know they can't outpower the Starfleet ship. So they start throwing that space junk with the tractor beam at them, which starts to actually work. You wouldn't think it would normally, but because of what's going on in the A-plot that we're going to come to, the shields are not working properly. So eventually shields drop. Shax is finally allowed to open fire, but he can't. 
because weapons have gone you down. You can just see the look on his face when she says, target their warp core. He's like, oh my God, really? It's like that sweet release. And then he can't do it. And we'll go into what actually does happen to stop the bad guys. But after that, Shax kisses Tana. Yeah, now, that is we the have, weirdest moment. Yes, well, we have two things we have to conclude from this. He's either, you know, sexually assaulted Tana there with the kiss. Or, how about this? They are a couple. And I we just don't, don't know about it. it. You don't think Shax and Tana could be a couple? In no way. A Bajoran doing a cat? How do you know he's a Bajoran? Because he's got the Bajoran ridges in the earpiece. Oh, obviously. You don't know what Bajoran is, then? No, you? I don't. The first time I've heard it is when you mentioned that's where they were going with Banjo. Bajor. Do you enjoy this plotline? I did, yeah. It was all kind of secondary to me, to the Badgie storyline, but it was it was good. It was nice to see, like, Freeman actually doing her Captain thing. Captain duties, yeah. And she was not wanting to destroy their ship. She was very Starfleet about it. Yeah, so was Mariner in this episode, actually. Yeah. It was a good day for the family. Yeah. Very Starfleet. Yeah. <laughs> I like Shax. I'm glad we got a look at Shax, by the way. He's funnier than I expected Shax would be. We've only previously seen him beating people up, really. But I just want to do a quick shout-out to the the marauders or whatever they're called the captain was the voice of i hope i hope i get his name right off the top of my head jg hertzler who played martok on ds9 who also had an eye patch and if you notice in this episode that alien captain had yeah. a thing over one eye as well it's a good throw out there i like how you didn't say that um, you would know him as the person who played the klingon that was the lawyer for archer oh yeah yes yeah, so that was him same yeah. person oh. so one of the first voices to come back from from the legacy shows for this that's really exciting the reason you just heard that combat chirp then was because it's now Sunday for us. <laughs> so we started recording this on Saturday. I had a little bit of a disaster trying to do it with the children around, but hopefully it sounded all right for you all. And then the day ran away from us and we had our first meal, which we did mention on this show earlier. Didn't have a bottle of wine. It was a glass of wine each. So we were wrong about that. But my parents came up to babysit the children, which was remarkably kind of them. We had our first meal out in nine months just me and you without kids that was nice nice break and unfortunately the sickness that we said our children our daughter was suffering from has now hit us all so my voice may even sound different to you it definitely does does it and i'm trying not to sniff too much on the air because it's going to make the editing crazy and we want to get this show out so yeah it's been a tough day you're feeling rough as well yeah i think i'm i'm probably better than everyone else in the house for now but definitely not 100 percent. it's gonna it's gonna hit you it was a rough night of sleep i was waking Mm -hmm. up more than every hour achy and i could feel it this heavy cold coming on so i'm really aching (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's coming for you. But the meal was nice last night. It's so good. I highly yeah. recommend prezzo. Prezzo. Katie speaks Italian, so whenever she has any opportunity to use it. Are you proud of me that I didn't show myself up by ordering an Italian? Yeah, because imagine if I, he wasn't Italian the waiter. No, I know. My dad has made me do that before. He's like, order an Italian. Turns out the waitress was Portuguese. <laughs> How embarrassing. embarrassing. It was good, though. It was good food. Nice little walk back. Only gone for four hours altogether with... Two yeah, hours out of it was walking, so really. quick. They were really quick, so it was good food. Came back. The plan was to finish the podcast recording when we came back, but we chatted to my parents for a bit, and then we just felt rough. rough. <laughs> um, I, I could barely keep my eyes open. And then just before we were going to go to bed, Harrison came downstairs. He was making this noise in his throat that I like never heard from him before. He's losing his voice, I think, for the first time ever. Yeah, it's quite funny, though, because both of them are. Mm. So they're both talking to me. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a really <laughs> funny noise, but yeah, so everyone's ill, so this episode's already Sorry. been a bit, yeah, this episode's already been a bit um, shorter than previous ones, and I can't guarantee it's going to be super long, because we are all dying, reaching Not the end of the of line. Not of COVID. Not of COVID, safe from that. 
So we finished talking about the B plot and the C plot. Let's talk about the A plot, which was, again, Marin and Boimler teamed up. So that's the main team up really for the show. But they got on in this episode. Yeah. I don't think there's any conflict between them at all. No, it was nice. I think they had a united front, a common enemy. Yes. A quick summary of the plot, and then we'll, we'll get into what we liked about it. So basically, Dr. Tana has a scene where Marin accidentally knocked Tana's face into a nachos and Tana complains about you know how hard it is to get cheese out of your fur in a sonic shower which is hilarious <laughs> Ensign Fletcher sort of sticks up for Mariner resolves the situation really calm collected person and we find out Fletcher's just like this and he's really nice when Boimler and Mariner and Fletcher are working on the cause cleaning the cause out he offers to let them go to a gig thing they wanted to watch and he'll stay and do all the work. This obviously then leads to a disaster because when they come back out of the gig and go back to help him finish off, they find him unconscious and he says that someone attacked him and took one of the cores. And it turns out the core they took was one that would basically help maintain the shields, I guess. So the shields would potentially drop quicker without it. I don't know. I didn't quite understand that bit, but that's because science was far too complex. I don't really understand Trek science or any science. I don't think it's real though, is it? No. It doesn't really follow the rules of science. No. As long as it follows its own rules in universe, that's all that matters. And as long as they can say enough gobbledygook that yeah. I can't understand it, that's fine. It I'm sounds, like, yes, that's right. Yeah, if it sounds so complicated, just assume it's true. So they, they're searching for the, the thief, and they very quickly assume it was Delta Shift. We've heard Delta Shift, I think, mentioned one time before, and how Mariner is not a fan they were throwing some shade. There was some shade thrown. There was a confrontation. I thought we were going to get like a West Side Story kind Dance of thing off. going on. That'd be awesome. Was this the first time we heard that Marin and Boimler were like beta shift? Yeah. They eventually then find, when they're going to go scanning for the core, they find the, the core's actually on Fletcher's bed, mm-hmm. very badly hidden under a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> and we find out Fletcher tries to lie, but obviously Mariner and Boimler aren't stupid. And uh, it turns out that he, to try and make himself smarter, he hooked himself up to the computer core and it sort of fried him. This eventually very quickly leads to the core has started to like evolve. I was getting like vibes of control from Discovery and you know the big like sentient being that we saw the claws of in Picard you know and it was coming out of mm. like that rift I was, and I was like oh this is cool. Also like assimilating everything around it. Yeah well done. Thank you. Yeah it was taking things. It took Mariner's tricorder which looked like it might have been her special tricorder. Remember the cold open of like the second episode when she asked that evil godlike being for a the new tricorder the purple stripe? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because the tricorder it took had a stripe on it, oh. but the colour was, was darker on the, in that frame, so I couldn't work out if it was the purple stripe one. But if it was, that's good continuity. But also, it sucks that she's lost it. Yeah, she, it's gone. It's out of there. This machine, I guess, now it starts to like absorb anything it touches. It's getting bigger and bigger. Uh, meanwhile, obviously, the attack's still going on on the ship from the Marauders. The captain has no idea that this potentially very serious threat is on the ship. And Boimler and Mariner are like true heroes. They tried to sort it out themselves. Yeah. This is when you know that Fletcher's really like a dick because when he says, like, if you don't help me stop this, I'm going to say this was all I know, right? you. And you're like, wow, heel turn. Manipulation station. Eventually they manage to get it out of an airlock. It, it goes straight into the alien ship and pretty much disables, blows it up, whatever. And they thought they were going to get in trouble. But it turns out they're heroes. And the way that they decided to deal with Fletcher was to say it was all him. So he gets promotion and a, uh, a transfer to the Titan, which is captained by William Riker. From oh, TNG. yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. you said that. I was going to say, which is Boimler's dream job. Yeah, we find out Boimler really, like the ship he wants to serve on is the Titan. I'm guessing it's because of Riker. It turns out then that Fletcher doesn't even last six days. He actually gets fired. He doesn't get transferred back somewhere. He gets 
he gets he fired. He was putting his rubbish, his trash, into the warp core. Ah, yeah. I don't even know how he managed to do that, but he was just disposing of his stuff in the warp Maybe core. Maybe he thought he was being progressive. Might have been, yeah. Coming up with a good waste solution Seems idea. Seems a bit dangerous, though. I mean, I don't think so, given how manipulative and just a dick that he was. He was a dick. Now, let me just say as well, he looks like an asshole. There's certain kind of people I don't like in the world. Here we go. I've only ever hated two or three people, but some people who just rub me up the wrong way. Fletcher had the body shape and the hair and the hair colour of the kind of bloke that just makes me angry before I even got like to know them. a real, like, nothing bloke, though. Like, you'd walk past him in the street and you'd be like, maybe I've met him before, maybe I haven't, don't really care either way. He just looked like a really dumb sports person from school. I'm not saying all sports people in school are dumb, but the one who really hasn't got anything else going for him except the fact that they can bang their head playing rugby or American football. It's very specific. Yeah, I know. He literally represents everything I dislike about... Okay, but uh, even at the start when we thought he was the yeah, super cool and looked at his just looking at his body shape made me rage. Wow. Yeah, you didn't know that about me, did you? No. And his, his hair, it, it all combined into just a really bad cocktail. Do you know what? I would like a cocktail of drugs to feel better. Oh, I'm, I've got some. I was getting my tablets out last night before bed and had all these various tablets, and I was like, God, this is going to be me, and I'm, I'm an old man. <laughs> How do you find the storyline, first off? To me, it was all really secondary to Badgie, because just yeah, Badgie for fan. life. Uh, as it was getting towards the end, I, I was really enjoying it because the like it, w- it was becoming a real threat. Yeah, And I thought, if this can- thing can absorb everything around it, what if it absorbs the ship? Mm. It could become like a big issue. It would become a, well, it was a, it'd become a sentient being, wouldn't it? So yeah. I loved, you know, when it revealed itself as it's like all swallowing yeah. sentient being, you know, they all scream and it cuts, it cuts to black. I love it when Mariner screams. I didn't even notice a scream. Mariner has like the best dramatic scream. She's done it loads of times on the show. There was uh, when they, when she could put the batleth into Barnum's leg and they both oh, scream. Yeah. There's been other ones. Like her scream is so, <laughs> It tickles me whenever she does it. Oh, because it's not like a it's not like a scream scream. It's kind of like a I don't know. It's even, her voice is maybe a little lower than it normally is, and it's just it's so funny. Like so, once she did that, it tickled me so much. Did you love the Starbase eighty comments when Doctor Tanner says that Mariner belongs on Starbase eighty? Oh 80? yeah, and that was what made Mariner want to throw down with her. <laughs> she's like, what did she say? She goes, she said to Boimler, she goes, if she's going to mention Starbase eighty, you better be ready to throw down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw someone online saying there's got to be a spin-off now and it's got to be Starbase 80. Apparently. <laughs> What's so bad about it? I know, exactly. We need to find out. There's a whole show right there. It's like offensive to her. We find out a lot about Marin in this episode. Because mm. like, she's given Fletcher a lecture on like rules and stuff, you know, like how he broke rules and he's using her as a prime example of how she should be fine with that. And she's like, I only break rules that stop me from doing my job. And she says she never put anyone in danger, which is no. so true. We've seen Kirk and everyone do that. They, they break the rules that are getting in the way of, of doing their job. And yeah, and she says she doesn't harm anyone except for Boimler, which is hilarious again. And we got a real insight into Mariner. When she's like doing the speech of, you know, we are Starfleet. It was like, she is proper Starfleet. She just yeah, she has attitude issues. And probably because of her mum. Mm. But we saw that her and Boimler just aren't bad officers. They dealt with this Yeah, they dealt with it really threat. well. They were shocked at Fletcher's just what he'd done and his attitude is performance i was really impressed with mariner in this one i also really love how they spin it round at the end like it's such a clever thing to do to get rid of fletcher it's so smart really smart i wouldn't have thought of that no. when it cut back to fletcher receiving the pin i was like oh that's really smart when i saw the pin i thought oh he's gonna be promoted out of the lower decks now as you'll get because when she got promoted she got 
like her own quarters and everything. Then when they mentioned he's getting transferred to the Titan, I thought, oh, there we go. That's hilarious. I'd love to know whose planet it was. It must have been Mariner. Mm. Boimler wouldn't have thought of that. No. I thought that was great. We haven't talked about the teaser, where they're humming the warp sounds. I was going to say about that. I think that was one of the best bits. Like, that really set it up how funny that was. They'd released that clip ages ago, the first two thirds of it. You just get to, like, Ransom, where he hits his comm badge, because they're all stood there making warp sounds, and Ransom's hiding, hits a comm badge, and he's like, what's he said, like, security, there's... Something's really something's wrong. Something's really right? wrong down there. But I love that it extends to him, like, attacking Boimler <laughs> with a phaser. Like, Ra- Ransom's a man of action. Why not Boimler? If you saw that group of people, who wouldn't you go after first? You go after Boimler because no, he's annoying. He's, he's, yeah, but he's so weak. He is weak. He's such a like goody two shoes. It just makes you mad, doesn't it? Yeah. I was a big fan of the animation in this episode as well. I thought the the attack on the Ceratos was really impressive. Mm. Um, I thought the the AI thing looked really badass as well. The scenery was really good on the holodeck, like Bajor and then when they're climbing yeah, up the steps. I like and that. like it, Visually, it looked fantastic. So I was down for every part of this episode. I always am. I think it's only going to get better. We've only got four episodes left and I think it's going to be it's going to be great. I think that's fun. why I like that bit with Badgie so much as well, because you know I, I like the, the treks where they're on planets and meeting people and, and seeing the scenery and yeah. stuff. So it's a nice way to do that whilst also on the ship. <sighs> Let's talk about our favourite moments then. So for you, what was your favourite moment or moments in this whole episode? Whole episode, definitely Badgie's dialogue. The threats that he was issuing were just top notch. (laughs) Because they were so graphic. And just, I really like where they're going with Tendi and Rutherford's relationship. Gotta be, gotta be a relationship. It's so sweet. Like, it's a slow burner, so it's it's nice to be able to see it develop rather than them just throwing them together because it seems like the logical thing to do. They're holding off on it, which I really like. Yeah. What about you? The scream, Mariner's dramatic scream (laughs) with the rest of them. You just love her. I I do love Mariner. I think she's fantastic. It wouldn't be an episode if you didn't talk about how much you love Mary. I'm in love with her. I think, I I think she's fantastic. She's much, she, I've said this before, she's one of my favourite Star Trek characters. I have characters. gone so far down in your list. Of important women. Just people, but yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, you have. Yeah. It's fine though. You can work your way back up. Bye. You're watching Star Trek. That helps. I am. That's a winner. Yeah, that was one of my favourites. I loved everything with like the chase with the, the AI. I've really loved some of the stuff with Shax. There's a bit where the alien captain tells Freeman to... I can't remember what it was. Was it F.U. or something like that? Yeah, yeah. No, that was, that was really funny. And when Fletcher got promoted and then Boimler's saying, maybe this is what he needs, the change. You know, maybe this will just yeah, be the change he needs in his life. And then it just literally just snap cuts to the card saying six days later. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was that at that point I thought that was quite predictable, but it was enjoyably predictable. Yeah, I enjoyed know. it. But I liked everything about it. I really enjoyed the fight with Rutherford and Badgie at the end and, 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 uh, <laughs> when he when he killed him. It was so dramatic. It was. I loved it. Lots to enjoy in this episode and quite a lot of action compared to previous. Yeah. Also I'm really looking forward to it if we see Badgie again in the future. Badgie's gotta return. He was just that right amount of stupid but hysterically funny. Presented by Holosuite Media, Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast, is produced and hosted by Kyle West and myself, Katie Harbin. To keep up to date on all the news and updates from Blast Shield, be sure to follow Blast Shield up on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And you can also find Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Thomas West. To join Holosuite Media's community discussion group, simply type The Nexus into the Facebook search bar and we will see you there. Thank you for listening.
This show is brought to you by Holosuite Media. Computer, list other available Holosuite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program for The Expanse, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast. Why on earth does Faith of the Heart get such a raw deal from so many Trekkies? If it's got all these traits, if it's got all these same traits of a, of a Trek theme song, in fact, one might argue that this song is more of a Trek piece of music, theme music, than some of the Trek stuff we've had. Like this, the lyrics to this song and the way they've pieced them together is, honest God, almost ticks every Star Trek box. Loading Holosuite preview program for There Are Four Questions, a Star Trek Spotlight podcast. I mean, but of course I'm hoping that in the future, drag is a whole lot easier. (laughs) Hopefully it doesn't take like two hours to get done up. Right. Because I'd be late for all my duty shifts. So (laughs) they'd be like, red alert, capture the bridge. I'd be like, uh, just a minute. (laughs) Just got to tuck here. Put my wig on. (laughs) Could you imagine? Yes. Yes, I could. Loading Holosuite preview program for Starbase One, a Star Trek online podcast. I don't really think that's a good idea. I order you to do it right now. Warning, the structural integrity field has collapsed. This is Admiral Quinn. You will be assigned to Starbase One. Welcome to Starbase One. I'm Colin. I'm Admiral Aaron. I'm Dave. I'm Steve. And I'm Tom. Starbase One is a dedicated Star Trek Online podcast. If you're a first-time listener, hello. If you're a dedicated decade listener and you've been wondering where the hell we are, we're back. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.